young man went to the candy store. And he asked the owner of the candy store, I need three boxes of candy. I need a little box of candy. I need a medium-sized box of candy. And then I need the biggest box of candy you've got. And as the owner was packing up his, his purchases, he, he said to the young man, why do you need three boxes of candy? He said, well, let me tell you, old-timer, I've got this all figured out. Tonight I've got my first date with a new girl. and I'm going to take her out and show her a great time. When I bring her back home and walk her to the door, if she shakes my hand, she gets a little box of candy. Now if I bring her back to the door and she gives me a hug, well, she gets herself a medium box of candy. But if when we get back to her door, I get something better than a hug, <laughs> she gets the big box of candy. He took his purchases and left. That night he went to pick up his girl, and as he gets to the door, uh, she opens the door and she said, hey, mom and dad are just sitting down for dinner. They'd like us to stay and visit a little bit. They'd like to meet you. And he said, well, of course. And so they walk into the dining room. He sits down and the girl's father says, son, would you mind returning the blessing today? And he said, I, I wouldn't mind at all. And they all bowed and, and that young man prayed the most beautiful prayer you ever heard. The longest, just prayingest prayer you ever heard over a meal. And when he finally said, Amen, his girl reached over and squeezed his hand and said, I didn't know you were so spiritual. And he reached over and squeezed her hand and said, I didn't know your daddy owned the candy store. Now, we would probably question the motivation of a prayer like that, wouldn't we? But we've spent the month looking at Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, 14-21. And what have we seen of Paul's motivation to pray? We've seen the hope behind his prayer. Paul's hope as he prays this prayer is that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. We've seen the foundation of Paul's prayer. The foundation of his prayer is the love of Christ. That you would know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge and, and that you together would come to explore the, the length and the width and the height and the depth of the love of Christ. And then we've seen the power of a prayer like this. That you would be strengthened through His Spirit in your inner being. And what we've seen is this is not a prayer for the, for the half-hearted this is not a prayer to be prayed by the half-believing. This is not a prayer of last resort. Well, we've tried everything else. All we have left to do is pray. That's not this kind of prayer. This is the kind of prayer that fuels who we are in our faith and what we do as a church. This is a prayer that changes us and ultimately changes our world. And this is a prayer that we need to learn to pray. Pray a prayer that is bigger than you. Well, we're going to look at just the last two verses of that prayer today. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. Again, page 977 in those blue Bibles in front of you. And again, if you want to follow along, if you have the Version app on your Bible, our notes are available there. The last two verses of this prayer is called a doxology. Now, doxology, that's a big fancy church word. But what it means is glory words. These are words of glory. Doxologies pop up all over the Bible. There's one in Romans. There's one in Jude. They're everywhere. And doxologies seem to pop up when the, the glory of God just overwhelms the writer. And very often the writer has just 
made an amazing statement of, of who God is, or maybe he's made a, a, an audacious request before God, and suddenly he is overwhelmed, and he has to try to express the inexpressible, and that's what a doxology is. is. He comes to the moment of realization where he has no other hope than the hope that comes from God, and that's what we read in Paul's doxology in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Pray a prayer that's bigger than you. That's exactly what Paul's words here are. It's a prayer that's bigger than Paul. It's a prayer that's bigger than us. It's a prayer that's bigger than we can ask. I want you to notice how verse 20 starts out. Now to Him who is able. <laughs> to Him who is able. So if the prayer is to Him who is able, then who is not able? I'm not able. You're not able. We're not able to do this on our own. We can't do this by our own power. We can't do this by our own intellect. We can't do this by our own resources. We can't do this by our own finances. This prayer calls us to look beyond ourselves and and sometimes I wonder if we're okay with a prayer like that are we okay with asking God for something that's bigger than what we can do on our own honestly I, I listen to some of our prayers sometimes I listen to prayers and sometimes I wonder if we should even call them prayers I wonder if we should call our prayers prayers because it seems to me that a lot of our prayers could be answered by something other than God I think a lot of our prayers could be answered by dumb luck. You think about those prayers you pray as you're driving down the highway and you see the cop car. And suddenly you're praying, Lord, don't let him see me. Don't let him have that. Don't, Lord, let him be eating a donut instead of running that radar right now. Well, that prayer could be answered by dumb luck. Sometimes we, we get the answer for our prayer through medical technology. Some, some new medicine or some new treatment that's been developed. Sometimes it might be military might that answers our prayer. Is that prayer? Does that sound anything like to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us? I had to tell you, I've been, I've been to churches full of wonderful, loving, godly people, good Christian people, good moral Christian people, but I've heard some of those same people pray, and it occurs to me that they've, they've given up on prayer. I've actually heard this prayer prayed. I've heard this prayer prayed, and I've heard it prayed more than once. Somebody mentions a, a need, a physical need. And I've heard the, the person praying say this, Lord, we pray that You would restore him to a portion of his health. I've heard that prayer prayed. I've heard that prayer prayed. Lord, we pray that You would restore him to a portion of his health. Well, I mean, it sounds holy. It certainly sounds humble. It's, it sounds easy. seems to me a prayer like that, we could probably answer it with a nap and maybe a little physical therapy, maybe a shot of B12 and some Advil in the morning. I think you got the answer to that prayer. You don't need to involve God 
in, in that kind of a prayer. You know what it, what it doesn't sound like? It does not sound like now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. I like the old King James. The old King James says, Now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I love that. I think that's great. I also love the NIV. The NIV was my King James. I grew up with the NIV. And the NIV, the old NIV said that to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we can ask or imagine. I like that better. Imagine. Because imagining things is easy. Thinking about stuff is hard. The Message Bible puts it this way. God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. The point is this. There are requests. There are requests that you will voice. There are requests that you will make out loud. And sometimes those requests sound like, Lord, would you restore him to a portion of his health? That sounds easy. That sounds possible. That sounds like we can pray that prayer and check it off and say, done, answered, God is good. But let, let's be honest, there are prayers that you want that you don't dare put your voice to. There are things that you want that you don't dare put your voice to because you don't want to get your hopes up. And so we don't always voice those prayers. We don't always voice prayers that come before God and say, I'm not talking about remission, Lord. I'm talking about cured. I'm talking about gone. I want them to go to the doctor and get that cancer checked out. And when they get there, the doctor says, obviously we've made a mistake because it's gone. There's nothing there. That's the kind of prayers I'm talking about. Sometimes we don't make those prayers because it seems like it's too much to ask for. Like we're just going to get hurt if we ask for a prayer like that. But the God we pray to is a God who does far more abundantly. A God who does exceeding abundantly, immeasurably more than all that we can ask or think or imagine. Pray a prayer that's bigger than you. Pray a prayer that's bigger than you can ask. But, but more than that, don't just pray a prayer that's bigger than you can ask. Pray a prayer that's bigger than we can accomplish. Now, it's, it's hard to see this in English, but in verse 20, Paul actually squeezes three words, three different words for power into verse 20. If we were to read verse 20 literally, it actually looks like something like this. To him who has the power to do more than we can ask or think, according to the power... That is powering us. <laughs> According to the power that is powering us. Do, do you think he has a point here? Is there something he wants us to see? The power that is powering us. He's saying, guys, this is, this is bigger than us. This is bigger than you and me. We're not going to get this done on our own, but don't give up. Don't lose hope. Trust in the One whose power is powering you. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the talent of our preacher. No. We're in trouble if we're going with that. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the dedication of our volunteers. <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that one a little bit too. 
Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the bottom line on our bank account. How long is that going to last? None of those things can fuel our prayers. None of those things can be our hope. And none of those things are worthy of doxology. None of those things are worthy of words of glory. Prayer cannot be about what we can accomplish any more than prayer can be about what we can imagine. Our prayers need to be bigger than us. More than that, our prayers need to outlive us. Your prayers need to outlive you. I know most of you with kids and grandkids, you're praying for your kids, aren't you? You're praying for your grandkids. Every day you pray for your grandkids. Do you ever stop and ask, will my prayers outlive me? Will my prayers outlive me? Or are my prayers just about what I need what I want, what I can imagine within my lifetime. Will my prayers fuel the next generation? I mean, if, if Jesus delays His return, will your prayers still be getting answered a hundred years from now? Could your prayers still be getting answered a hundred years from now? Do we dare pray for anything that big? I think about some of the great prayer warriors we've known here at Kansas Christian Church. And I, I wonder how many of the blessings that we have today are due to the audacious prayers of those who have gone before us. How many of the blessings that we have today are because they were praying for this? I, I think about this building that we have, and I think about Joe Harmon, and I know Joe Harmon prayed for this building. I don't, and I've said this before, I don't doubt that Joe Harmon prayed for the fire. And he probably orchestrated it to where it happened after he was gone, after he was gone right? We, we can pin it all on Joe. I know we can. Joe Harmon prayed for that fire. I, I know he did. And he prayed for this building. He prayed for the things we could do here. Now, we had a missions meeting a couple weeks ago and we're looking at all the stuff that we're doing with missions and the places that we're supporting and the, the work that's happening all over the world that, that Kansas Christian Church is supporting. And I know Iva Spies prayed for that kind of impact. I know I have prayed that, that our mission outreach would, would have that kind of impact. And Can you imagine a generation in our future looking at what's happening in our community, looking at what's happening in our church? Can you imagine a generation in the future saying, well, that's what Jim and Cindy were praying about. That's exactly what they were praying for. Or, or can, can you imagine looking at what the youth group's doing and saying, well, that's what Dina prayed for for all those years. And, and, and that's what John and Amy were praying for when, when they led the youth group. That's only going to happen if we're praying prayers that are bigger than us and are bigger than what we can accomplish. Pray a prayer that's bigger than you. And you know, if we do that, if we pray a prayer that's bigger than us, we're going to find that we're praying a prayer that's deeper than what we can love on our own. Again, 22, or verses 20 and 21. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly then all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. You hear those words. You pray that prayer. We've prayed that prayer every week for the last several weeks. But if God came down to you tonight, if God came down to you tonight and said, hey, you know that prayer you've been praying? You know that Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21? That's really me. That's exactly who I am. 
And, and I will answer your prayers according to those words right there. That is who I am. If God told you that was who He was, what would you pray for? If God said, whatever you ask for, I will do it, what would you pray for? What would you ask for in a prayer like this? A, a prayer that is going to be answered in a way that is far more abundantly than all that you could ask or think. A prayer not by your power, but by His power that is at work in you. What would you ask for? Would you ask for the right numbers for the Powerball? <laughs> that you'd finally win? Would you ask for fame? Would you ask for health? Would you ask for knees that work again? <laughs> would you ask for that perfect summer body, Chris, without all the work? I hope we do have faith in a God who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. I know Paul had faith in that God. And then I look at what Paul asked for. I look at Paul's prayer request. What was far more abundantly than all that Paul could ask or think or imagine? What was Paul praying for here? You look at the next chapter, beginning in verses 1-3. through three. <clears throat> of Ephesians chapter 4. Paul says, I therefore, <laughs> therefore, because of this prayer, because of who I know God to be, <clears throat> I therefore, a prisoner of the, for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager, to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Paul's prayer was for a church full of people who loved each other. A church full of people who lived out their faith for each other. A church full of people who treated each other with humility and gentleness and who were patient with those who just weren't quite there yet no matter what they were going through, that they would bear with one another in love. That, that was bigger than what Paul could ask. That was bigger than what he could imagine or think. That was more than he could ask for, and yet he asked for it. Paul's prayer was that the church would be the church. That in their love, that, that Christ's love would be seen. That in their unity, people would see that there is a bond bigger than themselves. Not just that they would all get along with each other. Not just that they wouldn't talk bad about each other, they wouldn't gossip about each other, but that they, the love that they had for each other was fueled by the power of God. That Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that they could ask or think or love. And that through their love, God would be glorified. Because this is a prayer that's bigger than me, bigger than you, it's bigger than us. To Him be glory. In the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. <laughs> Amen. How long is that? Again, going back to the King James. The old King James puts it this way, to Him be glory throughout the ages, world without end. I mean, doesn't that sound great? World without end. Sounds big. Literally though, the, the phrase there makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. Literally, Paul says, to all the generations of the ages, to the ages. That's pretty big. 
that's bigger than you and me. That is, a, that is a mighty long time. But here's the part I don't want you to miss. Paul says, to Him be glory in the church. Did you notice that? To Him be glory in the church throughout all generations, forever and ever, with world without end, the church is there. You know, sometimes we treat the church like she's fragile. Sometimes we treat the church like she's just fading away, like she's in danger. And I don't know how many times I've heard a preacher say or, or I've been told, oh, the church is in danger. The church is in trouble. You know, the church is just one generation away from being extinct. It's not what the Bible says. It's not what Paul says. The Bible says that, that the church will be there. That the church will be here. I mean, do, do we trust the Bible? Do we, do we trust Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we can ask or imagine? Well, then let's start praying like it. Let's start praying like it. Let's start living like it. Let's start serving like it. And let's start loving each other like it. I wonder, do, do we feel compelled to join Paul in his doxology? Are, are we confident enough to declare that when we are not able, God is still able. Are we willing to say that even when we're out of power, when we're out of energy, when we're out of ideas, when we can't think or imagine any deeper, that God still has a plan for this church, a plan to explore the, the length and the, the breadth and the height and the depth of the love of Christ? to know that love that surpasses knowledge. God still has a plan for this church and it may just require us to stretch with the love of Christ. Are we willing to pray a prayer that's bigger than us and will we rejoice when God answers our prayer in a way that we never could have thought of or imagined or dreamed? Let's stand together and pray. Father, I, I don't even know how you begin a prayer that's bigger than us. I don't know where to begin. How do we even start to pray a prayer that's bigger than all that we can ask or think? It can't start with ourselves. It can only start with you. And so with our faith firmly set on the One who is able to do far more abundantly than us, we ask you to fill us with a vision of the kind of people we could be. The kind of love and service we could offer and the kind of glory we can bring to You as we love one another with the love of Jesus. And so we ask, take, take our lives, take our faith, take all that we ask and all that we imagine and use us to bring glory to You in this church. Now let's pray with Paul. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church, and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace.